Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, I've been talking a lot about our connection with nature, our, our connection with the earth. And we all know that nature heals. It has a restorative power. And being in nature can create a calm homeostasis and reestablish balance in our body, mind, and spirit. Spending time in nature can lower our heart rate and blood pressure, reduce stress, enhance our focus, and boost our immune system. Nature can activate higher consciousness and induce what some call enlightenment or oneness experiences. So why do we live in houses, work in buildings, and spend so much time with technology all day long? Our guest today says we can create luminous space by tapping into the wisdom of the five elements and restore our bond with nature, both in our inner nature and our outer world which is vital for greater joy and peace in our lives. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Maureen Kalamia is a thought leader and progressive illuminator in transforming homes and clients' lives through the inspiration of nature, biophilic design, and feng shui. She's the author of Creating Luminous Spaces, which empowers others to discover and nourish their true nature in their inner and outer spaces. Welcome, Maureen. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Julia. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you being here. I'm looking forward to this. Home has always been very important to me, and and the wisdom of this book is, I, I think, very telling as to why that is as well. But I'm looking forward to talking about our sacred spaces, creating luminous space, and really helping people bring that power of nature in. But first, Maureen, I have a traditional first question here on the show. Mm -hmm. I always like to ask our guests to kind of ground our conversation in this theme, this bigger picture. So can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Wow. Well, I love the name. Um, it, it talks about the, I got to use the word again, but interconnectedness of everything, absolutely everything that is in the universe. And when I think of our connections, it's, you know, you cannot change one thing without something else being affected. And in the work I do, I hope that, uh, and I show people how you can make some simple changes that will impact how they feel during their days. And if that, if that impacts how they feel, then their thoughts and actions will also shift as well. So... It's really beautiful. Thank you. Well, I know even moving an item on a table a few inches shifts the whole energy in a home. I'm really excited to hear all the different ways that we're going to talk about creating luminous spaces here today. But first, share with us a little bit about 
your story, how you got involved in, in working on spaces, feng shui, um, and yeah, just more about your story. Oh, well, yeah, I love to share that. So I really started my spiritual path um, early on. I was um, early teens and got introduced to, I guess I introduced myself to the topic of astrology and was so fascinated by the different archetypes um, and the energies that um, the planets and, and our connectedness to the planets and how you know, being born at a certain time and a certain place, a location on the earth, um, would channel this different energy down to kind of be our foundation and our blueprint. So I was fascinated by that. But over the course of my, I guess, young years, I kind of got pulled away kind of into the more reality stuff, you know, going to college, getting a job, getting married, getting a house, all that, and then becoming a mom. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until probably my mid-30s, I came back around to astrology. And I've always been also interested, uh, interestingly enough, about architecture and the sciences. I'm a real science geek. <laughs> I love like geology and uh, astronomy, of course, and um, quantum physics and all that stuff. And when I was working in my marketing career for over 20 years, I started getting that kind of itch and that feeling that many of us do in our kind of midlife, where this was not feeding my soul any longer, and started reaching out and looking for new things, looking for something that would spark my passion again. And I, like I said, I got connected with astrology again, but I knew that wasn't my path. I knew it was part of what I was going to do. But... When I found feng shui, it just kind of, it just kind of was dumped in my lap, fell in my lap, kind of. And when I started, I knew right away I needed to go and get certified in it. And when I sat in class that first weekend, I realized that it had everything that I loved wrapped into wrapped into this one topic. It, you know, it was architecture, it was astrology, it was divination, it was um, geology. All of these, and psychology, all these wonderful things that I loved wrapped into one, and it just made so much sense to me. And I never looked back. Mm. So does feng shui have its roots in astrology, or what's the connection with astrology and feng shui? I've never even thought about that before. Well, there is, um, there is a Chinese astrology called Four Pillars Astrology, which mm -hmm. I have to admit, I've never studied it deeply because it's very complex but I know a little bit about it. Um, then there's also a Japanese astrology, based, and those are both based on the five elements, which I found to be really fascinating. And so my connection with Western astrology, you know, the, the type of astrology that most of us know, like, oh, I'm a Leo, I have a Libra rising kind of thing. I saw the connection between, you know, delving into these elements and learning about the energy and the archetypes of these elements based in feng shui and Eastern philosophy. And um, so there's this whole layer of feng shui that has to do with our connection to the stars and the heavens. Hmm. So it's not so, just the earth and the physical plane, it is the, um, it is the heavens, yeah. Wow. So with the the five elements and um, how we each have our own 
true nature, that that what we resonate with, those patterns and potentials, those come through, I, I imagine, astrology and, and a lot of those Eastern traditions. Why don't you explain that? In your book, you have this assessment that helps our readers um, determine what their true nature is. You call it the true nature. And that does bring a very specific pattern of energy to all of us, right? Yes. So each of the elements, as you said, kind of embodies potentiality. It's all about um, a focus of the energy and the drive and motivations that we all have in our lives. Not necessarily what we do in our lives, although that's part of it, but why we do what we do. It's such an important part. So these astrology systems that I mentioned, the Four Pillars and the Japanese astrology called Nine Star Key, they are based on your birth date. Um, and I've, like I said, I've learned some about those systems, and, and there's definitely very important information. Each system, I think, has their own gems. But what I did find was that I created this quiz out of working with clients over the years. And this 18-question quiz is part of an assessment that I have in my book. And it asks very pointed questions about how you feel about things like how you feel you know, about clutter and what, it, what kind of work ethic do you have and, and so on. And it gives you different answers based on the elements that you just um, score. You put a score in and then you tally it up and you find your primary element so all of these elements, we embody all of the energies of these elements, but of course at different levels. So we all have one that's usually our predominant, which I'm calling your true nature, one that really stands out. And some people have two that really stand out um, as the two of them. And this quiz helps you to understand which element of the five elements is your kind of primary driver in life. Mm. So before, I'd, I'd love to go into all five of them and just kind of expand them and unpack them a little bit, but why is it important to know our true nature? What What is the, the function of understanding this one path for each of us? Um, oh, so this is, this is my love. This is what has, I guess, been my motivation throughout my life is self-discovery. So that's one of the reasons why mm -hmm. um, I think these are so important. Because once we kind of acknowledge who we truly are, it helps us on our path. It helps us reconnect back to um, who we, we perhaps were as children before our families and society might have molded us a different way and really find kind of our joy and happiness again. So that, I think, self-discovery is absolutely key in our lives. And then what's going to help us on our path is having environments that are bringing in, you know, strong qualities of that particular element or uh, the one that creates it nourishes it. So there's like a companion, like a partner element. So either, you know, either of those elements bringing them more predominantly into our spaces helps us reconnect with that energy on a, on a deeper level and helps us kind of move forward and, um, you know, move forward on our path in, in the way that we should. Mm. Uh, as I sit here, I'm thinking, I, I didn't formally take that quiz in the book, but I kind of um, intuited 
what would be mine. And as I'm looking oh. around, I'm not seeing any earth elements here and I don't see any water elements here and oh my gosh this is an important this is important I know in my home I'm very well balanced so let's talk about each of those those five elements you start with wood in the book tell us about yeah. wood yeah I start with wood because traditionally wood has to do with the rising sun so it's the beginning of the day each of these elements are connecting to not just the time of day, but also the seasons um, of nature and any life cycle process. So, so wood is a great place to begin. And the wood element is connected to vegetation. So trees, plants, and flowers, um, everything that grows out of the ground is um, the wood element. And as far as characteristics the wood element is known as the archetype of the pioneer. Mm. And, well, I think for a lot of us, we can understand very easily what the pioneer is like. It's somebody who has a lot of courage, that is independent, that wants to move forward on things, is not happy with kind of status quo and staying in the pack. They want to lead the pack. Um, they, are all, they also tend to be very competitive as well. And, you know, of course, all these elements have qualities that are very positive, but they can be taken to the extreme, of course. So um, someone who is wood may become like a workaholic because they're just so driven that they're not, you know, in balance. But um, so workaholism is kind of a wood trait. <laughs> um, and, but, but wood is what creates and, and um, inspires us. To move forward on things is a very good initiator. Mm. So, you know, the types of things that we would bring into our home obviously would be like plants. That's fabulous. I mean, I think everybody should have plants regardless of their element. Plants are just absolutely critical to connecting to nature um, and they make our spaces feel so alive. But, um, but also people who have wood, a strong wood quality, or need to connect to their wood element, um, wood furnishing, furnishings are really wonderful. And then bringing things in like maybe a piece of driftwood um, on their coffee table would be mm. really, really nice. Um, and even photographs and artwork of the wood element, so flowers and trees and plants, um, are really a great addition wood element people okay now i just want to say when when our listeners are paying attention to these we need a balance of all of these things but we're talking about our strengths and what's really important and i'm going to have you explain that afterwards because i think that's an important piece so you move on to fire sure so the fire element is known as the wizard um and if you think about it it's kind of like the performer so the fire people um, it's connected to the noontime, you know, the peak of the sun. It's also connected to the summer solstice that we just passed. Mm -hmm. So we're in that fire element phase right now here in the Northern Hemisphere. It is brilliance and it is the light. Um, fire people are, um, they usually, when they walk into the room, they just light up the room. And, you know, it's their smile. They have an easy smile, easy laugh, really connect very easily to people. Um, their eyes just shine. So um, it's very easy to spot fire people. 
And they definitely are the center of attention in any crowd. And they love to be in the spotlight. They have a lot of enthusiasm and passion for moving forward with things and, and um, you know, being in the limelight. So the obvious additions to a home could be things like candles or a fireplace or a fire pit in the yard. That is one really nice way to connect to the fire element. Um, and then also, all of these elements have colors. So of course, the color red and like an orangey red are, and even like hot pink are connected with the fire element. And um, things like pets are also known as the fire element because things that are you know, animals and, and creatures are considered fire. They bring liveliness to our homes. Mm. Nice. I never thought about pets like that. Okay, then you move to Earth. So, okay, so you think you might be Earth. Earth is known as the peacemaker. And they are very great at understanding, like, different sides to the story. So they're great diplomats. They, they don't take sides. They always look for compromise and kind of the in-between. And um, they are, you know, kind of known as the archetype of, like, the Earth Mother. Very responsible, very grounded and stable. Um, they can really provide a great base for others. People know to go to an earth person when they're, in, when they're in trouble because the earth person will always have time to listen to them and to help and support them. And I do find this element tends to, well, we're going to talk about balance a little bit later, so let me just move on to what types of things are related to earth. Um, soil. So it's, it's our ground mm -hmm. that we walk upon. So things like sand and soil, but also um, rock and stone. Those are my favorite ways to bring in earth is through stone. And it's also crystals. So, you know, if you have a nice crystal collection, you're really bringing in a great quality of earth to your space. Well, the good news is I have two crystals sitting right next to me that I didn't think about and didn't look at. So, hey, we've got a little earth right here at my desk, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, <laughs> metal. Metal. So the metal element is known as the alchemist. And metal people bring order and structure to the universe. They provide us, like, framework to build upon and create order out of chaos. They thrive with doing that. There's just this real excitement to putting things into order. And they're also very strong leaders. Um, if I could just say that the wood element is also a natural leader because they have such initiative and people love to follow them. In a different way, metal is the leader because people see them as the authority. They really resonate with that person who stands up. Um, they are also very, um, they stand up for justice and what is right. And people just look to them for leadership naturally. So um, let me see. They're also about refinement and beauty. So a lot of like artists kind of gravitate, um, maybe not artists, but actually people who uh, construct your art like designers. Um, 
they are very strong in metal. So metal is one of those elements of the five elements that's a little, a little harder to identify when it comes to the material element. But of course, it's everything from silver and gold to brass and bronze and tin. And so every type of metal is um, associated with the metal element, wrought iron, all that stuff. Um, but also because um, metal is also associated with the breath, so it's the air. It's having fresh air to clear out our homes. So, um, and it's also the heavens and the sky. And it's related to the father, just like earth is related to the mother, metal is related to the father. Nice. Okay, lastly, the water. The water element, one of my favorites. So um, the water element is known as the philosopher. And they love to dig down below the surface and really get to the bottom of things. They are the ones with great imagination and creativity. Not that the other elements aren't creative, but, um, but water is just known for that creativity to be able to tap into like what could be um, and what isn't here right now and just kind of you know, kind of taking us away on some kind of uh, imaginary world. Um, it is also related to being very independent, not really speaking their, speaking their opinions very much. They tend to keep to themselves. They're more introverted. You know, they're kind of opposite the fire element, which is an extreme extrovert. Water people are very quiet. They like to be still. They love to kind of be alone and study and read um, and kind of go off into their own world. And, of course, water is um, such a wonderful element to bring into our homes through aquariums or water fountains. Um, of course, outside we have like bird baths or fountains and waterfalls on our property. And, of course, there's also artwork bringing the water element in through, you know, lakes or oceans. That's a wonderful way to do that, too. Mm. Excellent. Okay, so let's, right before break, let's just take a, a few minutes here and, and explain what's important about these elements for the individual. Do we need to make sure we have certain ones that, that match who what our true nature is and then balance all the rest? How does that work? Sure. So... Um, the way I approach it, I, I like for people to kind of recognize which element is their predominant element and, and see how they can support themselves in their spaces. So if you're, say, the wood element, making sure that you have live plants around you. And if you can't have plants, maybe, you know, artwork and things that are green. And there, there's lots of ways we can bring the element in in my book. Um, or maybe the water element, because water feeds wood, and I kind of go through that in the book, too. But if you also recognize that you're really deficient in something, and you really need to kind of bring something out, you can also make sure that you incorporate some of that element into your space, too. So um, if you're very introverted and you want to be more outgoing and meet people, maybe bringing some fire into your space could, could help you do that. It's all about connecting to others, the fire element. Mm. 
Well, thank you. This is a good place to take a break. And I, I do want to just kind of reintegrate that you do have prescriptions in the book that are very specific of trying this, trying that, add this at this place. There's so much more that we get to talk about in the next half about the feng shui of it. But also, um, I'm just wondering if our listeners have ever heard the term biophilic and what is a biophilic design? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but after the break, we're going to find out. We're here with Maureen Calamia talking about creating luminous spaces. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We'll be right back. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at Empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation channel. Together now, we can make it better now. Come on, can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. We rope it up. Cause we know how to jump. We roll it out. Cause we know how to skate. We'll cut it down. Cut it down. Cause we know what to eat. We'll swap it out. We eat healthy stuff. Can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. Can we do it? Today's a good day to grab your kids and hang out with them for an hour. Dance, walk, play a sport, or cook a healthy meal. Because just moving a little and eating better every day can help make you and your child healthier. Can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. We'll ball it up. Because we know how to hoop. We'll mess around. Because we know how to play. We'll drop it down. Drop it down. we know how to dance. We'll veg it up. Can we do it? Search We Can online to find doable tips and activities that you can use every day to keep you and your kids healthy. Remember, that's We Can. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. I'm a volunteer at United Way. I'm asking people around the neighborhood what they think this place needs. Wi-Fi everywhere. More playgrounds. Oh, more ice cream trucks. I was thinking more money in the pockets of local families come tax time. 
Can I change my answer? I was just kidding about the ice cream. When it comes to getting better tax refunds into the hands of local families, what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org. Because great things happen when we live united. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Positively uplifting. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. I'm Julie Kroll. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. You can find out so much more about our guest, Maureen Calamia, at luminousspaces.com, and that's with a hyphen, luminous-spaces.com. And welcome back to the second half, Marine. Right before we, we were talking about the, the different elements and I'm going, gosh, I'm kind of that, I'm kind of this, I'm kind of that. And you talk about that in the book that we all have a little of all of it. And that's why it's so important for us to really create this space inside. And we started the show by me saying how much nature heals. So I would love to get into more depth of really why should we bring the elements in how do we bring more of nature in and then um and i mentioned this biophilic design i think it's totally incredible i just gave a speech of how connected we are and we're hardwired for connection with one another and then this word shows up in in your book so first let's start what is and maybe i'm not saying it right biophilic design yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah, so biophilia, first, uh, let me just back up a second. Biophilia is a term that probably, an idea that came around in the 50s or late, you know, early 60s. And what it was meant to describe is our inherent need to connect to nature. And the fact that we've evolved over millions of years immersed in nature and just in these last hundred years or so, we've become so increasingly disconnected that it's uh, contributing to all sorts of, um, you know, major modern challenges. And uh, probably about 20 years ago, um, the term biofield design um, started, and it was an idea that, well, you know, we know we need to be out in nature more. Um, we know that, but in the meantime. <laughs> And it's really kind of hard to change our habit patterns. Um, we need to bring nature inside as well. And we do mm. spend 90% of our time, on average, inside buildings. So the idea was, how can we create, you know, back about 20 years ago, how can we create healthcare facilities that are better for healing? How can we create corporate office spaces that... Um, you know, do all the things they want, you know, increase productivity, reduce, reduce turnover, um, improve cre um, inspiration and creativity and all these wonderful things. Um, and, you know, kind of came back to it's, it's bringing nature inside. So there was a set of principles that were developed and they continue to be refined over this last decade or so 
whole biofield design principle. And it's, it's really, at its core, doing what feng shui has done you know, thousands of years ago, we go back. It is reconnecting us to nature in a very tangible and intangible way, um, which is really fabulous. And when I started, you know, when I had this idea to write the book, I had seen how biophilic design was so much, it was just really a modern take on feng shui of the core basic principles. And I saw that using the path of the five elements, which are embedded in everything in the universe, we can use that as a connection, almost like a cord, you know, from our inner selves to the outer world to, to really like funnel that connection across the bridge. Hmm. So it's not only this system of, you know, a lot of people will think feng shui as just decorating, and it's a way of decorating, but it's so much more than that energetically, how we feel, how to uplift us, how to keep us healthy. It's it's a very prescriptive way to make energy flow with with ease in our life, right? Yes, yes. A lot of what feng shui does, it involves things that are invisible. It's the mm -hmm. energy of our spaces. And, you know, we can have a beautiful home, beautifully designed home that just feels dead. Um, and it could be the fact that, you know, the things that we have in our homes um, are, you know, man-made, artificial, which the bulk of the stuff in our homes are um, man-made and artificial. And even when we have, like, wood floors, we cover them over with a varnish. Mm. And, um, you know, our, our furniture, right, everything is covered over with chemicals. So we have, although visually we have the access to, say, the wood grains, and, and that is really good. We should have that. But then we're, you know, we're kind of separated, you know, a little bit from it with, the, you know, these chemicals. So it, it does get to also the layer of energy in our homes that we, we know is there. It's the energy that, you know, people bring into our homes as well. And when there's a buildup of kind of negative energy, um, it can definitely impact our lives and, and how we feel in our spaces. So feng shui looks at that as well or deals with that, I should say, because um, we can't really see it. But feng shui works in that way to do, um, you know, to clear out the negative energy and lift the vibrations of a home. And this is a very real thing. I, I appreciate you saying lift the vibrations of a home. We can literally measure this through through dowsing and, and other means. We've had, mm. I, I have a friend who's a dowser and, and when someone is ill or has some kind of physical impairment after the home's doused, you can literally see where people get well or they're sleeping in a bad energy spot in the home. There's so much to this science. Ta let's talk about the therapeutic values of bringing nature in. You talked a little bit about how we're covering it up, but what happens and what are you seeing? I know you've had many clients who've had great results. What do you see when these small, appearing to be small things as moving things around or, or shifting the energy to really large ways of bringing nature in? What kind of results are you seeing? Well, people really change their perception of home. They suddenly feel 
a deeper connection to their space and a loving connection. And it could, you know, make such a huge change in their lives. Um, things as simple as, um, well, I, you know, a lot of people work from home and they have a home office. And that's one place that is such an important thing that a lot of people don't give much effort to. They kind of use like an empty room just because that's the one that's empty. And I've been there myself. I had the same situation. I had an empty bedroom and you know, gee, that's where I went. But it was empty for a reason because no one wanted to live there. <laughs> so here I was trying to run my, you know, run my business from this cramped, dark room that had one window that didn't get a lot of natural light and was shaped very oddly. And uh, it just felt very awkward, um, to put it mildly. And, you know, so I deal with people all the time that are, you know, kind of, living in their homes in such a way that they're not really consciously positioning things. So I, I get people to kind of see, okay, where do you sit? You know, what are you looking at? Is it a beautiful view, which you have this bank of windows over here? Why don't you orient yourself so you can see that? But also, you know, kind of enjoy the whole room and, you know, just shifting things around and improving and, and raising the the ampage or wattage of lighting, things like that. You know, getting the proper lighting in our homes is, is a fire element thing. It's very much, even though it's man-made, we need to have proper lighting to feel good in our spaces. And I think so many people have, have a challenge with getting the right lighting. So um, doing things like that and like bring, you know, maybe collecting a bowl of rocks while they're out taking a walk and bringing that into their home, they really enjoy and feel so much more at peace, which impacts everything, impacts everything in their life, from their family relationships to um, romantic relationships to their career to their you know, financial abundance. Um, and of course, you know, it goes without saying, it improves their health at every level. Mm. And I love how you talked about the dowsing because I do dowsing as well. And I do actually have a chart that I included in the book called the luminosity scale. And if anyone does any pendulum dowsing, and it's very simple to learn, pendulum dowsing, um, they can actually get a reading of the overall energy of their home. And I you know, give some guidance in the book on it. But they can do a reading and see where they're at. And it's basically measuring the energy and consciousness of the home. And then they can do some things to their home, like maybe they could, I give them ideas of how to do a space clearing and a blessing on their home and how to connect to their home and have a quote-unquote conversation with their home. And then they can do a reading again and see how things have improved. So they can get a physical, tangible um, outcome from doing the work. Yeah, so you can get that that physical, tangible outcome in just the readings, but how you feel. Like you can totally document how you feel and what is happening and, and what's unfolding. I'm glad you talked about the consciousness of the home because this is one of my favorite things in the talking about the consciousness of the home and that maybe you mentioned that maybe it's not that we're attracted to our homes, but maybe our homes choose us. Can you explain what you mean? Yes, I think this is such an 
such a different concept for most people. And when people start, you know, when I do workshops or when I'm, when I'm teaching um, feng shui consultants, we talk about your, your own personal connection to home and how you have to obviously start there. How do you feel about your home? So many people have kind of a, a challenging view of their home. Like maybe there's something about it that maybe they, maybe they feel stuck in the home for some reason, um, some life circumstances, they wound up there, and it's not really where they're quote-unquote happy. Um, or maybe you know things are breaking down around the house, and they just feel like a drain on their time and finances. Or maybe you know they have somebody living with them that that's a challenge. So there's a lot of energy that we're projecting on our homes. But when we maybe stop and think about um, you know, maybe we're here. We're here for a reason. We know that, right? We're here for a reason. Wherever we are in our lives is perfect. And there's something that we need to learn from that experience. And if we recognize that maybe our homes actually did choose us because they're giving off energy, we're giving off energy, and either we're being attracted to each other or repelled. So there's no way we could have been repelled from our home and we're living there, right? <laughs> we, would not have, we would not have landed there. So there must be some attraction between us, between our energy fields. So we're there for a reason. And sometimes homes, they need to be healed. They need to be healed on a level that's beyond the physical. Maybe mm. it's had tragedy in the past on the land, um, you know, if we're in certain places, there's been, you know, battles, there's been hardship on some land. I think most of us living in the U.S., you know, our homes aren't that old and not a whole lot happened on our property, but we don't know. Uh, we really don't. And, um, and our homes, even then, you know, you know, people that lived there in the past, what happened? So if we kind of come at it with, like, that perspective, I think that can really change our whole energy toward our homes and create a, a light, more lightness and love. Mm. And well, being in service that, like we're that, get that back. Yeah, yeah. You know, being in service of of just imagining that you are there to help heal that land and heal that home. I remember several decades ago when I shifted my idea of cleaning my home to loving it up and just that one little shift in my mental framework changed everything and i wanted to love my home all the time you know after that so um not that cleaning is my favorite thing but <laughs> loving my home really is and so i love that idea you mentioned three secrets that are major shifts in how we think for some people that could create the luminous space. Do you want to talk about those three secrets? Sure, sure. So um, we talked a little bit about, you know, that everything, everything has energy and consciousness, even our coffee table. And the idea is that everything has this energy and, and, and it's impacted. Everything is impacted by everything else. Everything is connected. And quantum physics really shows us that, that everything is vibrating, everything is moving, everything is fluid and connected. So 
like I said before, if we have a very challenging perspective of our homes, we're going to get that energy back, and we're just going to have more challenges. Mm-hmm. Whereas we shift that thought pattern to, to love, like you said, I love that, loving up my home. That is so fabulous. I'm going to use that. Um, we're going to get that love back from our homes. And so, so there's this fluidity with that relationship that most people do not realize. Um, so that is important. The second one is our homes are a mirror reflection of not only what's going on in our minds, but also our lives. And this is so powerful because this is how we can actually walk into someone's home and kind of see what's going on. Um, When we train in feng shui, we develop what we call feng shui eyes. And anybody can as long as you, you you learn some of the principles. But as you walk around someone's home, you can learn a whole lot about them and how they feel about themselves and how much they invest in themselves or not because how do they care for their home? And, you know, what is in their home? And there's just so much we can learn. So if we start looking around our homes as objectively as we can to say, what is the story? What is the story our homes are telling us about our lives? That is huge. And know that we can shift that so easily um, by, you know, being more mindful and conscious of what we have and, and, you know, the, the state of our homes. And then lastly, like you started this whole segment with that talk about nature, absolutely love it. Um, Nature is absolutely necessary um, in our lives, a meaningful connection to nature in our daily lives for greater joy and health on every level, body, mind, and spirit. And acknowledging that um, will give us that understanding to actually make that connection in our Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And I think that the, the nature piece is so important. And so I'm wondering if you have any tips for us. I'm thinking about, so yeah, bring nature in, get a great view, bring the sunlight in, have plants, think about the elements, all those things you mentioned. Now, what about those troublesome spots in our home? We all have those places where clutter collects or just like you said, that one room that you put the office in because nobody really wants to be there. <laughs> so can you give us a few prescriptive um, little tidbits here before we close the show today? I would love to hear what you say about clutter. And, and I know with mine, it doesn't matter how many different ways I try to create an organization of walking in the kitchen, but the the mail gets left there and, you know, and it's just like the kitchen counter. So then I'll put it on the desk and I'll get baskets. I'll do all kinds of things. And I, I, I've never found a way besides just going through the mail and throwing it away and putting it in my husband's pile. So help, what do we do with those troublesome spots? Well, um, often those places that are collecting clutter, shall I say, um, on their own, of course, um, those are places where the energy is a little bit on the lower side. So consider, consider the mm-hmm. invisible. I mean, there, there are places where clutter has gathered, 
And when clutter gathers, think about on a physical level, when clutter gathers, it's hard to clean and dust because you're not going to move everything out of there to clean and dust, right, and then put it right back. So those places get stale and stagnant. And then, um, you know, it, it just kind of just kind of brings that area of the room down. So if you remove the clutter from, say, that counter or the corner, if you remove the clutter and, and you, like, conquer it, um, what's going to happen is the clutter is going to start going back to that same spot. It's, like, attracted magnetically to that spot because that's where the energy is still low there. It's still stagnant. So once you remove clutter out of the space, it's really great to do some kind of space clearing ritual. And it could just be um, going into that corner and clapping um, and using sound to break up that energy that just kind of sits there and gets dull. Um, it, you could bring some um, uh, a smudge stick made of sage, you know, light a, light a stick of sage and bring it over there and use the smoke or any kind of incense to break up that energy there. And with intention, you intend to keep that area free of clutter. So that whole thing is something that most clutter and organizer people um, kind of fail to mention is the whole neg uh, the energetic thing going on in that space, even when the clutter is gone. It will just attract it again. Mm. I'm wondering, too, I'm thinking about just, it, it, it's not, this is my counter in the kitchen is not a bad clutter spot, but you know, the mail gets there and then everybody puts their stuff down when they come in and, and, but as you were talking, I was also thinking um, with the low energy spot of how different it's my stovetops right there. It's, it's a real heavy in the fire element right there that I'm wondering if this is a call for me to bring in the different, pieces of our true nature to, to create more balance there. Maybe, yeah. And maybe you could do something um, in that area that would be very, very high vibration, maybe some flowers. Mm. I do usually put flowers there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> I usually bring in fresh flowers, and that's usually my spot for f fresh flowers. So that's interesting. Okay. But it's it's not in the water, and I can't think of any earth elements that are right there. It's very fire metal. Fire um, metal? And maybe okay, the whole kitchen earth. is pretty much wood, so interesting. Yeah, I think maybe earth would be good, because if you have fire kind of in metal there, um, uh, earth is the element that will help balance those two. Okay, going to have to work on that one. I can't see a plant or anything like that there, but I can figure this one out. Awesome. Well, what about these other, what else can others that are listening do for those weak spots, those those troublesome spots? You're giving us a lot of good examples of the feng shui and the energy clearing. I love the clapping. I love the declutter places. But what about like those big storage rooms and closets that are totally overwhelming. It seems like a lot of people have that in their home somewhere that right. they don't even know where to begin. Right. So um, I, you know, my, my kind of goal when I deal with clients that have 
issues like that is to give them the motivation and incentive to clear out. Um, and what I do is, you know, we talk about what what the clutter represents, like what physically, what is it? You know, is it papers? Is it, you know, old work stuff? You know, we just talk about, like, why are they holding on to it? Do they need it? Things like that. Um, a lot of times people go, no, they don't need it. Um, but it's just overwhelming, like you said. So I talk about what they look, what they want in their lives. What do they want more of in their life? What, you know, what is maybe stagnant in their life? Mm. So make the connection between that room that's piled high with stuff and the energy in that area of their life. So do they want that energy to flow greater and freely and get more opportunities? And, you know, if, you know, what basically, once they remove that clutter, what what do they want in their lives? What can they have in their lives that they can't have now? Very good. Very good. Maureen, this has been so informative and so fun to, to focus <laughs> on. We have about just three minutes left. I'm wondering if there's anything that you would really like to share with our listeners that you haven't had the opportunity to talk about yet. Sure. Um, I would love them to perhaps leave this call and and to consider this. Um, consider if they feel that their home is a sacred place for them. Their home should be that sacred place and luminous. And if they don't feel that way about their homes, there's, there's something wrong. There's something that's keeping them from feeling that way. And they need to kind of think about resolving that. So it's, it's really just a matter of having a dialogue, a visualization with their homes. Um, kind of sit in a place that they can be quiet for a little bit and just give gratitude to their home. Think of different things. Say, you know, maybe it's a tree out front that they love or maybe it's the color of the front door. Whatever it is, just, just to give gratitude for those things that come to their mind that they're grateful for. And then open the dialogue up and see if their homes have anything, any message for them. And people can be... People are very surprised when they do this, that they're actually getting something in this visualization, and there's always something there that they can take action on, or at least feel more at peace with their homes. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing in the sacred, and I... I just want to interject, too, that our offices are the same. It doesn't matter if you're in a cubicle or you're in a huge, luxurious space. You can do this. You can create luminous spaces anywhere you work, too. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, definitely. All righty. Well, thank you. Thank you, Maureen. We've been talking with Maureen Calamia, and we're, her, she's the author of Creating luminous spaces thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us oh thank you so much it was wonderful to speak with you oh thank you and i want to list i want to leave you with one of the quotes from maureen's book so here we go in order to live fully in joy health and well-being we must possess a sense of awe respect and connection to the natural world we draw energy from the physical environment surrounding us. We don't just see our environments, we breathe them in. 
having evolved for millions of years within the natural world, our bodies are hardwired for the things that will nurture all aspects of ourselves, body, mind, and spirit. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I'm Julie Kroll. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.